Bima and that. Come, come stand here. Fearless. Well, coming to San Francisco, I've learned to fear one thing, your traffic. Yeah. What's going on? It says 10 minutes on the GPS. It takes me an hour and 10 minutes to arrive. This is a beautiful synagogue. Um, I don't know if you're aware what a revolution it is that you have uh, two senior rabbis, a man and a woman, who are married to each other. I've traveled the reform movement backwards and forwards. This is a unique phenomenon. It's unique in America altogether. I think since 1803 when uh, President Jefferson sent Lewis and Clark, one was a second <laughs> lieutenant and one was a captain, but very quickly they were both captains of the Lewis and Clark. And since then, this is the biggest revolution. It is so subversive. It is so new. It's so inspiring. And it took some guts for Temple Emanuel to decide uh, to do that. And also inside the uh, Singer family, it was Jonathan that was asked to be senior rabbi. And he said, I ain't doing it alone. So I think Brother Jonathan and Sister Beth, you are an inspiration to the whole reform movement, to the Jewish people, and to other patriarchies, other religions in the world. It's possible, and it happened here. You should be stretch your hand and pat yourself on the shoulders. It's a big thing that happened here. Hey, I'm an Israeli. I was born in Jerusalem. I failed high school. Not a good thing, I'm saying to the bat mitzvah girl. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I was a jock, I was Israel's swimming champion, and uh, when it was time to go to college and no college will accept me in Israel, I sent to UCLA my times in the 100 and 200 freestyle and the 200, 400 medley. I have an American education, and, uh, <laughs> and no one asks me about my matriculation anymore. Uh, thank you for, uh, yes, foreign students. Um, Israel... Israel is a, uh, of all the countries who are 67 years old and, and eligible for Social Security, we are really doing the very best. We're, Israel should be a source of pride in many areas. One of the problems that we have is that we just read about the conflict and that is not a source of pride. But if you look at uh, one of the greatest achievements of Israel is the Hebrew language, dead as a doorknob. Doornail? Doorknob? This language was dead. No new words coming in, no old words going out, and we revived a language. You know people from all over the world come to Israel to see how we did it. People make love in Hebrew, people curse in Hebrew, and here are, are there Israelis here? Raise your hand. Okay, you will fail this test because this is just, you see in Israel we have the news, and in the news occasionally they say, and here's the new word for I'm going to teach you two words. One word for cupcake, the new word for cupcake. We used to say cupcake, cupcakeim, give me a cupcake, uh, you know. Now it is ugonit. Say ugonit. Ugonit is cupcake. And uh, I'm going to share with you also the new word for junk food. Uh, psolet is garbage. Psolet. To eat too much is lizlol. Now we took garbage and to eat too much and we made zlolet. Zlolet is junk food. Say zlolet. Many Israelis don't know it. Most Israelis don't yet know it, but isn't that amazing that the language is coming alive like this? 
This is the golden age in Israel, in music, in culture. Have you read Amos Oz? Uh, you, you pronounce it Oz? Read one, read any of it. Read the story of love and darkness. We have more Nobel Prize winners than India. And may I mention to those Israelis among us, India is bigger than... <laughs> No, there's a study in India, and, and Indians were asked, what is bigger, Israel or the United States? And they said Israel, because so many Israelis are visiting India. We, ha we invented the disc on key, we invented the cherry tomato, we invented ways. There isn't a phone here that doesn't have an Israeli component in it. Second in, to the United States, we're the second country with many companies on NASDAQ. We have more engineers per capita than anywhere in the world. You can have a lot of naches out of Israel if you just stay out of the uh, first pages of the paper and you focus on, on all these innovations in technology. In agri I ate in agriculture. I ate in Rehovot, an avocado that has no, the peel is edible like a cucumber and no pit. Huh? You cut it like this, you put it in the salad on the way to you. The cow with the most milk in the world is Israeli. The deadest sea in the world is the Dead Sea an hour from my house. We have a few challenges, though. One challenge is to uh, find our place in our neighborhood. We are a bit different from the rest of the neighborhood in the Middle East, and we are not finding our way yet. And the second challenge is that other people who are other than Jewish they have to find their way in our state, inside Israel. And altogether, the way we deal with the otherness of others is something that is uh, hard for us. Uh, the Hebrew, which is, as I said, smarter than the people who speak it, um, Hebrew tells us something about that. The word for tolerance is sovlanut. Sovlanut in it hides the word sevel, which means suffering. Tolerance means I am suffering your, uh, your otherness. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to, to hold it, <laughs> to, to survive it. Uh, so I think the challenge of Israel is that we are, because of uh, different neighborhood influences, becoming more fanatic, more extreme, more religious in the bad sense of the word. And uh, my organization, the unfortunate acronym IRAC, uh, in Israel, it's much better, but Israel Religious Action Center, Action is our middle name, is the, is the reform movement. We are all in a reform movement uh, synagogue, one of the flagships of the reform movement. Uh, these are the values that our movement wants to bring to Israel. I can't think of a more interesting dialogue than to dialogue what are the Jewish values of the state of Israel. And I would like to think that anyone who was not brought up Jewish and who's sitting now in synagogue, I am asking you to feel at home. You are our sister. You are our brother. This is how Judaism is measured by how the other feels among us. In case you think that I am just saying it, I will do the mathematical uh, analysis. Do you know how many uh, times the Shabbat is listed in the, in the Bible? Three times. Do you know how many governments of Israel <coughs> fell because Shabbat observance? This is the single most common reason for a, for a government to fall in Israel. That prime minister rode on Shabbat, the electric company turned the, the electricity before Shabbat ended, 
Shabbat is a big thing. Well, the Bible says 36 times, do right by the minority. I'm a mother of a teenager. I know when I find myself saying something 36 times. It's when it's absolutely counterintuitive, like take your laundry and put it in the hamper. That, that, that is a 36 time thing. So when God says 36 times, do right by the minority, obviously he knows us, he knows it's gonna be hard, and he's saying it a lot of times, maybe we should listen. And uh, I think the great uh, challenges of the Israeli society today is how we deal with the other. The reform movement is one of the other in Israel. In Israel, a uh, state monopoly was given only to the Orthodox, Therefore, the fantastic rabbis, the phenomenal rabbis here, are not considered rabbis in Israel. The reason is that both uh, Jonathan and Beth are, and also all the cantors and educators, you are all graduated of the Hebrew Union College, and the Hebrew Union College is not recognized in Israel as an institution of Jewish learning. Another Hebrew word, chutzpah. <laughs> what is it? That means that thousands of rabbis, reform rabbis all over, uh, all over uh, the world are not considered rabbis in Israel. They cannot officiate in a wedding. They cannot officiate in any uh, a state function. That's gotta stop. Not just because I'm worried about your employment. It's because Israelis are denied the opportunity to realize that there is more than one way to be Jewish. And the very few Israelis here do not in any way reflect how many Israelis are in a 10 mile radius around this synagogue. Thousands. Why are they the hardest Jews to bring to synagogue? Why is your story so unique that you actually walked in? Uh, that's a very, uh, that, that shows something about the bankruptcy of Judaism in Israel. Many of the Israelis find their Judaism when they came here, and they usually say, I didn't know there was another way to be Jewish. So that's why I'm fighting for your rights, and we just won a Supreme Court petition after eight years in court. Miri Gold is the first non-Orthodox rabbi to get a salary from the state, and there is a state line in the there's a budget line in the state budget of Israel that says salary for non-Orthodox rabbis. Okay, another case we won is the case on the buses. Every bus in Israel has this sign in it. It says that men and women, uh, people can sit anywhere they want. Anyone disturbing or harassing a person about their seating arrangement is uh, guilty of a felony. This is great because we were combating 2,500 rides every day where women were pushed to sit in the back of the bus because the Orthodox men wanted to sit in the front and the women should sit in the back. Uh, we represented Orthodox women who refused to sit in the back of the bus. Uh, we won this. This became a sign in all buses. We quickly found out that Israelis don't adhere to signs very well. <laughs> so we had to sue the bus drivers for damages, for not uh, standing up for the women. We sued 13 drivers. They paid between eight to 12,000 shekel each. That's two or three salaries in Israel. Um, maybe I should mention something. We sue the state of Israel 60 times a year. That's more than once a week. <laughs> Don't call us, we'll, we'll sue you. <laughs> so 
We won this case, and uh, the segregation of buses is, uh, is on its way out. We are trying to now look at planes. This is your uh, brochure, your rights on flights. All my stuff is out there. You could look at it when you go out or take. Please take so I don't need to schlep home. Your rights on flights is on the case that you go on a plane to Israel and you're asked to move because you're a woman and an ultra-Orthodox man refuses to sit next to you. Has that happened to anybody here? Have you witnessed? Ah, oh, five people. All of you come to me. Okay, when, what, please tell me your story. I'm collecting them. But the whole plane is looking at the woman. Why isn't she moving? No, no, that's going to stop. There's a campaign in Jerusalem that women who are dressed immodestly bring catastrophes. We are, we are against this campaign. We have 10,000 of these stickers. You put this sticker on top of the sticker that says women who are modest bring catastrophes, and it says, how am I dress, dressed? Dial 1-800, none of your business. <laughs> and uh, last, I need a booming voice. Do you have a booming voice? Come, come, bring your booming voice. Uh, this is the, I met a few days ago with Sarah Silverman. She thought this is a big hit. Uh, she tweeted this to six million of her followers. A mouth like a toilet. Uh, this, is a, this is a sign in Israel. Yeah. Request and demand. Women waiting for their husbands are asked to wait only in hidden places. Like behind the white pickup truck, etc. Don't stand near the synagogue's entrance. Don't be a distraction or a stumbling block to men praying or studying in the study hall. God forbid. Behind the pickup truck. <laughs> anyway, uh, the last thing I wanted to show you, uh, we're fighting uh, these signs by suing the mayor for not taking them off. We're suing the mayor for damages, and we just won a few weeks ago. Four women won 15,000 each damages from the mayor of Beit Shemesh because this sign humiliates them. We have many more women going to sue the mayor of Beit Shemesh. Come sue the mayor of Beit Shemesh. It will pay your ticket back and forth from Israel. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to show you is our, the Women of the Wall campaign. We had it on buses. It says, Zot HaTorah, Achshav Tori. This is the Torah, now is my turn. Uh, it shows a girl who wants to have a bat mitzvah at the wall. At this point, uh, uh, women are allowed to wear a talit. Maybe some of you know I was arrested, sat in jail for wearing a talit. It's considered a religious act, a relig religious act contrary to local custom, which offends the feelings of others and punishable by six months imprisonment. So now women are allowed to wear a talis, mainly because you raised hell over this. My arrest Beth, you made a big deal out of that. That went, thousands of Jews wrote the Prime Minister of Israel, it works. Uh, Women of the Wall became a strategic threat to Israeli interests in North America. There's a real report on that. Anyway, uh, but the Torah, we're not allowed to bring a Torah, we're not allowed to avail ourselves if one of the Torahs that is in the men's side we're not allowed to donate a Torah to the men so we could have that Torah for women's use. We were able to sneak a Torah that was a miniature Torah for two months, but now we can't do it anymore. And when you come on the 20th of April, I can't disclose it now, but we have a plan. <laughs> and you may find yourself on the cover of the New York Times. 
Anyway, the buses were vandalized and the uh, signs were taken off. There is nothing more subversive than a girl wanting to have a bat mitzvah. And I want you to think about it tomorrow when you have access to the Torah and you can read and everyone will be cheering you for reading. Take, take a moment to think of uh, Ashira Silverman, Debbie, uh, Irena, and little uh, Alma Weiss who really would like to have a bat mitzvah, and they cannot do it because the Torah. You, we've got to fix that. We're having an election on Tuesday. Hopefully, it's going to turn out with a coalition that will be more friendly to the issues of tolerance and pluralism and accountability. Um, I would like you to, if you, do you, raise your hand if you read my pluralist. You read a weekly one person. <laughs> Sign up to the pluralist. It's funny, it's short, it's once a week, and I will send you outright. Sarah Silverman wants to get it, because it has some absurdities that you can do something about. What I, the reason I want you to read it is because I ask you to sign a letter to the Prime Minister, to the Minister of Religion Affairs, and it makes a difference. So help me make a difference on that. Come visit Israel with Rabbi Beth. If you've not signed up, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful trip. Try to vary your media diet. Read something nice about Israel every once in a while, because there are some fantastic stuff, things going on. And thank you very much for inviting me here. Tada. <laughs>